content needs has become an increasingly central cog, and sometimes it is the main marketing activity. Welcome to the Step Change Podcast with me, Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor. Now, my podcast is established to help you with your thoughts in the development of your own business. And for this podcast, I'm delighted to welcome back two guests for a part two conversation around all things marketing. Um, so I'm delighted to welcome Sally Green of Sally G Marketing and Sam Burkett of Aimable Marketing. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you very much. much. Thanks for coming back to join me for another part two of a conversation. When we finished part one, we were just sort of like touching upon the pandemic and post-lockdown. Um, what lessons do you think we've learned from the pandemic from a marketing perspective? It's a good question. Uh, I think I, I think they are, are there are many um, that we have, have seen. I mean, I, one of the things I think looked at is a bit of, I'm not using the term back to basics, but I suppose that certain, certainly with what we, we witnessed in terms of people receiving huge amounts of stuff online all of a sudden, everybody working from home all of a sudden and um, educating uh, their children at home, the sort of the whole, it, it kind of, it pressurized us into, you know, like we've seen in many areas, haven't we, trends have sort of been accelerated, I suppose, so accelerated change. I guess with marketing, people's concentration, their time, their tempers, to actually uh, engage and 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 really listen and or watch and understand what a marketing message is, has had perhaps been you know constrained even further uh, to a certain degree, but I think that's probably come out as a pretty simple lesson around good quality marketing around actually having the, the appropriate message for the appropriate person at the appropriate time and the appropriate medium going to my seven P's, but uh, it's, it's that, that has probably just been accentuated for me, I would say is a big, a big change or something that actually is almost a revolution in a way. It's perhaps not a change that's gone off in a totally different, um, you know, direction. I think it's something that's just, you know, accentuated what we already had in many ways, accelerated it from, from my perspective. I do think it's given us time to think more carefully and properly about who our customers are. Because although we haven't been servicing them nonstop, constantly, you've had time to think, actually, do I want to work with customers like that? Is that really what I want to do? Because we've had, there has been for some of us a force, not gap of nothing, but it's scaled back. And it's given us time to actually think, am I servicing them as well as I could? Maybe it's not the right area for me. I'm going to think more carefully about focusing on these areas. So it's made me think quite carefully about who my audience is now. And I would hope that other some of our clients are doing the same. Do we actually want to service the whole world or is it just going to be local now? Mm. And in part one, we talked, didn't we, about the, the ideal sort of clients and then sort of focusing on niche and vertical markets. And I quite like the words you use there, sort of carefully and properly, because that's certainly something I've seen in terms of, is as if people have said, actually, I've got, you know, it's tough times, I've got a smaller budget, so I need to do this properly. So I've seen a lot of businesses sort of refocus their website or they've reconsidered their marketing message. So from a content perspective, what sort of things are you sort of seeing people do and, and, and what sort of content are they sort of sharing? I've seen much more film, actually, lots and, more, lots and lots more people. I think people are less scared of it. They're not thinking, oh, no, it's going to be cameras and the Hollywood and lighting and stars. No, people become much, much braver about just putting something on their phone and then putting that on LinkedIn. And actually the effect that they get loads and loads of watches, shares, and I think it's made people braver, particularly around film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Actually, it's it's it, it is film, and I think because we've all seen each ourselves and each other far more online, and I mean, it's a it's a, it's a very interesting one though. Because I mean, in my you know, live example, my personal experience when uh, I was doing a set of films for a client, and they were all very high level, you know, corporate, nice looking 
perfect sound, all the rest of it. And we'd always known that there was things where we could get people to record, particularly with my, my sector, like alumni of, of education programs. You know, you go around the world and they're recording on their phone. I've got this fantastic new checklist, if anyone needs it, which is about how to phone pro to properly film on your phone and uh, and get it. There's small, simple tricks and things. But anyway, um, I noticed a lot more of that. But again, during the sort of the lull of the, the lockdowns last year, then this client I was working with said, well, we could get people to do this at home on a phone. Or we could have a, a studio job where we go in and we actually work under code regulations and do it that way. They decided to go with the latter, um, which produces a very different result. But I would say, with I've done so many interviews now with people on Zoom getting testimonials, I would always be, you know, 4K camera, all, all the works. And now it's like actually just getting their message across. As long as you can hear them clearly, that's an important thing. But it does make you perhaps focus more on the substance rather than the, the production to a certain degree. And I'm not saying production isn't important because it absolutely is. You can produce beautiful videos. But again, even if you're producing beautiful videos, I've done more animation with people recently and focusing more again mm. on the core message. So in, in many ways, again, it kind of almost draws you back to the the, the essence, the center of, center of everything. You know, things change around it. The, the world changes around it. But what, what do you need to focus on at the core of your, at the heart of your message? Do you, do you think like during the pandemic, the lockdowns, that that was a deliberate thing by businesses or do you think it was, you know, in part, as you say, people getting a little bit more confident? Because I know, you know, my podcasts and my videos, they're superbly supported and produced by Story94. Um, we're in their podcast studio today. And, you know, when I talked to Matt at uh, Story94, we've talked about, you know, when's the right video for the right audience. And, you know, he quite rightly said, you know, you look at some of this stuff over lockdown when it was some of the big, national tv campaigns and that was filmed on um on their phones and because uh, that was connecting with the audience you know everybody else was at home yeah, such yeah. A, how have you seen it i think all right i think we've learned a lot from zoom actually or tech teams or whatever system you're using that actually it doesn't need to be perfect it, once upon a time when i was doing conference calls on skype all those years ago um you'd be absolutely erotic i've got to have all the doors closed the windows got to go i've got to complete silence and a kind of monochrome background and if anyone came in the door that was the end of everything my whole professional career was down the tube but now people have got so used to people children wandering in saying mummy I want a biscuit or cats dogs hamsters appearing and then actually I think people have found that's actually more engaging because it's absolutely more authentic it's so authentic if you've got people genuinely at home talking to you spending their time fending off a dog a cat and a hamster you kind of feel rather special my background of my uh, videos has changed so many times of that, of that conversation because it was like my office and then it was a virtual background and now it's gone back to a very personable this is me background sort of thing. Mm, yeah yeah it's, it's funny it's funny that sort of you say welcoming people into your home really in that way and i think with as you said i remember those national campaigns people having these things where as you say everyone's going through the same the same kind of um uh, situation with their work with their children with school and everything and so i think that that really did change things quite a lot i mean it also made me think someone i i um I didn't interview them directly, but I did some editing on a video. They were talking in about um, the importance of, you know, the virtual and, and, the, and the real and the face-to-face -face and the differences that has. I'm thinking of um, um, uh, Sally's example of her customer, uh, her, one of her clients who, who so might, might be going completely online now instead of staying, uh, having a, a real shop, sorry. Um, and it's actually perhaps the importance of times when you can be um, getting, um, spending more money perhaps on a really nicely produced video or spending more time in a face-to-face -face client meeting, for example. You perhaps associate a little bit more value with it as well, actually, from from that whole profusion of, of um, virtual calls. I mean, 
interestingly, even just having a call with somebody these days, I don't usually just have a call and just have an old-fashioned, actually, audio call. It has to be a video call. Every yeah. time. Where did that happen? <laughs> yes. I never used to do that. And then all of a sudden, you just do it, don't you? Because that's where you do things now. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's funny in terms of our, ourselves and our audiences, how we consume and, and what we attribute value to in terms of what we see as a marketing message you know it's also interesting in the pandemic youtube became became during the pandemic youtube became a bigger search engine than google more people search for things on youtube so actually people want to see things now and so it's become necessary really probably for you to have some kind of video on your website or to communicate through websites and have a youtube channel so i think it's become more necessary now Video was certainly one of them. I think it's really an interesting point you made earlier, Sam, actually, about the time that people have now to engage with our marketing. Because, you know, I think certainly when people were at home, it was, a, you know, scrolling through your, your social media, wasn't it? And I'm not quite sure people were reading the social media as much as they were scrolling through their, re their social. Um, and one of the things we obviously have seen over the pandemic as another medium of introduction um, is audio. You know, you know, we're obviously advocates of audio, I guess. I will drop in at this point. You have got your own podcast, The Marketing Meanders, and I encourage the, uh, my listeners to, to tune into there, even if it is just to listen to my two parts that I did with you. Um, <laughs> very good. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's some great episodes that, that you share and, and we reflect on. But, you know, what, what about audio? Because obviously we've seen our podcast. We're advocates of podcasts ourselves around the table here. Um, but also, obviously, you've got Clubhouse and whatever Facebook are trying to develop as well. How are you seeing that in the market? Yeah, I, I think that has taken off a lot. And it, it does make you think, I mean, from a practical standpoint of marketing, I would say when you look at the options, so potentially if you're working with a small business who are saying, well, we've only got so much budget, as we were alluding to in our pre previous uh, episode about um, how much budget you have to spend on on doing something, I would say it's actually the, um, what I call it, dicing and slicing the turkey effectively. So with audio, for example, if you're going to do an audio, get audio and video, a bit of video and some audio, for example, and then get something written down at the same time. So Audio, I think, is is as it's skyrocketed. I think in all the stats we've seen, isn't it? People have been. I mean, I'm personal experience again. Myself, friends, and family um, have been consuming so much more of it. There was a lifesaver listening to that, doing the gardening during the height of the lockdown. You know, listening to my podcasts. It's made me more discerning the things I want to listen to. I think there's so much variety out there. But you, again, most of the podcasts I listen to is a personal recommendation from somebody, um, and so there there has been this great again profusion in audio. But I would say if you're if you're looking to use audio in your marketing, perhaps you know you don't have to go full bore into it, but you you should make the most of it by having multiple channels you can utilize um, the same content on. So uh, that's a bit of a an extra sort of t slight tangent on there, but that that's what I think is important. Well, it's, a, it's a conversation I had with somebody this morning actually about repurposing content. I'm not very good at it myself. You know, I'm always thinking about new content, the new video, and yeah. you know, I was, I was talking actually to to Matt when we were recording some podcast stuff uh, previously, and I thought, well, you know, I've got predominantly a load of content there for a blog but i've, I've missed that in the past so, well i think matt does this doesn't he cuts and cuts this up for you because if you if you record something it's very very likely that you've got a multitude of you know 20 second bits that you can just take out and drop into social networking center people put on actually the best place to put it on your in on put it on your um, signature at the bottom of your emails so people can go, oh, what's that? I'll listen to that. So you've got, as you say, repurposing it is really important and audio is a really powerful thing to do. Also, now we've all discovered earbuds or whatever you want to call them. Um, we now do everything with something in our ears probably. You get up and I'm going to do the gardening, as Sam said, and you immediately put something in your ears. It used to be you're just driving home or commuting was when you listened to radio, but now we do it all the time everywhere. So it's something that's omnipresent now. 
Yeah, it's good. Good observation, that. Good observation. And how do you think we're adapting the ways that we're working in marketing then? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting because um, I think we've, we've discussed offline as well the idea of that you know perhaps there's been more um, freelance marketers doing doing work for for a number of organisations, which again. Good stuff. Keep doing it, everyone, uh, to a certain degree. But also, the uh, marketing teams have have changed. Like the number of teams I've worked with um, have either people have you know looked up for new opportunities and things. I think there's been quite a lot of movement actually. I think in a number of uh, marketers and a lot of opportunities. I mean, you know, there are a lot more opportunities that seem to be coming up in in our area, at least in particular. There seems to be people moving around quite a lot, um, and I, I think. Perhaps maybe this, you know, the nuclear marketing team. Perhaps there's a there is a bit of a a, a trend, a, sh- a shift away now from people coming, getting more specialists in to help with with certain areas. Um, it's really important. Again, as, as Sally said in the past about you know actually keeping that understanding of what the brand is and everybody in are focused on what the, what the strategy is. But I, I I think that has definitely changed to a certain degree. Maybe because you know people are just more used to having remote workers working on certain things. You know, and producing. Uh, pieces of uh, of work for for a company, perhaps a company you've left and you are now doing stuff on your own. A number of contacts I know have have now decided to go on their own uh, as well. So, I mean, I think it's quite interesting. People, I think, I think content is one of those things that people do outsource because they're not quite sure how do I write a blog, how do I do a video. But I think you need to remember that content needs has become an increasingly central cog to a marketing campaign. It used to be a it, to be honest, very slightly used to be a bit of an add-on. Years ago, you might do a video and it might go on your website if you were really up, up front with content, but it wasn't the norm. And, you know, posters were a bit of a content, or you might do the odd ebook, but let's not go mad. But now I think it's become an absolute central cog. And sometimes it is the main marketing activity that that industries have. And there are, you know, big companies have huge teams of content writers and managers. And so it's become much more central. So I think actually you're right that it's marketing is changing the way it works. Mm. Yeah, I had a guest on the, the show, Aaron Rudman Hawkins, again you may know from the Office of Business Community SEO agency, talked about the importance of content within. And I know I always talk to my clients about content, you know, and, and the importance of blogs particularly. And I think the blogs sort of underpinning a lot of their messaging. I might say, you know, people say to me, "Oh, I struggle with social media content. I struggle with what's going in my newsletter." Well. You've just written two blogs in a month. There's your content, you know, repurpose that, rechange that. Yep. You've got your blog for your SEO purpose. So again, it's linking in all those things you probably talked about in part one about writing on your big piece of A3 paper, yeah. um, linking that through from And there. people are afraid of, re- of reusing content. Mm-hmm. Content really should be, most of our content probably is pretty evergreen, actually, that we'd write. Use it again. If you think absolutely everybody relevant is going to see your piece of content on the first time you post it, you're in a fantasy land because absolutely not going to be the case. Post it and you'll just catch more people. Mm. And I guess um, in terms of a, a, a podcast, in terms of helping people to make a step change in their business, we should share some general tips, I guess, from a marketing perspective, as I have your expertise kindly with me today. So what sort of tips would you share for businesses if we're thinking about their marketing now for the rest of 2021 going into 2022? Revisit your marketing strategy because you really, ought, if you haven't got one, right one. But if you have revisited it, don't think it's just going to tumble along and be okay. Absolutely go back to it and see what needs to change. Um, you then need to, absolutely as Sam said, look at your content plans and see whether your content is now fit for purpose for where you're going. If you have pivoted, if you are now just online or you're going back into your stores, is your content now reflecting what you are actually doing? Because that'll be key. And look at your budget. 
really look at your budget. Are you actually doing getting proper ROI on your activities? Now is the time to make sure you're doing that. Mm. Yeah, I think my main tip actually is um, uh, understand your customer journey. Um, and that sounds like something that's very sort of straightforward in a way. But I, if I'm asking someone to, this, to to elucidate on that, I'd say, do you know your customer journey? They might say yes. And I might say, yes, but do you know your customer <laughs> journey? Uh, I think it is one of those things that's so, uh, we were talking, uh, I think, part one about, you know, about budgets and about strategy and about understanding, well, do I have the correct resources to apply the, the tactics in my marketing to achieve my overall strategy? But so often, even at, I've you know, with large organizations, they you, they do a lot of stuff. They do a lot of marketing. I'm doing inverted commas. Um, and and they get a lot of people interested in what they're doing and to, to buy what they want, and then they're not buying it. And they, they don't really understand why people are not going forward. They aren't progressing to the end. You know, why are we not getting more people at the end of the machine that we put in at the beginning in the conveyor belt, you know, with the leads? And it's going back and it's just testing that customer journey. So once you under, really understand it, then test all the elements of it. So there's probably an awful lot of stuff. If you're a, a, a viable business right now and you want to be bigger, you need to understand that customer journey even better. If you're a, a business that isn't doing particularly well, say so go back in again and you again, understand the customer journey. You must have that hypothesis originally. Um, but then, you know, what are the elements of it that are not working? What are the elements that could be boosted? I, I just say go back and do that again. If, if there was nothing else... Whether, you, as I say, you're a healthy business, you're a business that's perhaps, you know, finding some challenges, do that, I would say. It's quite quite often a, quite a bit of low-hanging fruit missed when people don't do a full customer journey. And I think people sort of like think about that awareness stage in terms of how can I create that awareness and create those lurkers, then I can move them through the consideration into the customer. And then that's, oh, I've got my customer, job done, but they forget about the advocacy and the loyalty stages. And yeah. that's where, for me, the, the low-hanging fruit comes through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Sally said about revisiting your strategy. You know, one of the things I'm seeing is that the post um, and pre-COVID customer is slightly different. And is that sort of part of your thinking in terms of revisiting your strategy, making sure it's still relevant for, for your yeah. audience? I mean, you might find you've got two audiences now. You might have two specific, you might have the on the real life audience who's coming into your shops and online, or you might have people who are, they might have spend differences. So are they going to buy less more frequently rather than how it used to be where you go into a shop and you buy a big shop? I mean, I think that there's a really interesting, um, what's that new delivery service, grocery delivery service um advertised on television um, no it's not it's, uh, you, you basically you basically can oh my goodness me i haven't got any milk i'll just quickly buy this and it'll arrive it'll be delivered to me be livery it's called it's advertised all on television and you can get things instantly like that and it could be that our we're just changing we don't go into the shops and do a big weekly food shop anymore we're expecting little bits to come to us all the time so you might want to look at whether your customers habits have changed yeah, really relevant point. So I think, yeah, the danger, I think, in terms of that change in pre-post pandemic customer is that you sort of sh shift your business for the post pandemic. And actually, well, what about all these customers that you should still be servicing? Over here? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I think it's related to a point I was talking about earlier, the sort of the accelerated change um, is the thing. So think people, if you look in your typical model of, you know, your early adopters and, you know, your laggards, that sort of that, the curve, whatever it's, I can't remember the name of it, but the, the market and how things are going with, you know, your offering, I would look at and say, well, the people who are going to be sort of, you know, really zippy and going for, you know, sort of uh, just in time food deliveries effectively, they'll be doing that. More of them will be doing it more quickly, perhaps. But the ones who are sort of saying, no, I want, I'd rather be, uh, you know, doing my traditional weekly shop and now I can go back and do that again without having to wear a mask, et cetera, then they will. But I think perhaps everything's just shifted a bit 
further forward. But it's still, and again, it's probably observation as well. That's a, and that's another tip: observe and test. You know, just yeah. observe what's going on. Observe really understand what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. sounds like we might be leading into a part three. So I might have to <laughs> jump back up for a part three at some point. So that's, um, I'm afraid, uh, time for the end of our podcast today. Um, just so that uh, people can uh, follow you with interest, I talked already about your Marketing Meanders podcast. Um, how can they best find that? I think the best thing to do, actually, is if you just Google Marketing Meanders, then we will show up on YouTube, on Spotify. LinkedIn, Spotify, whatever, every, Acast, the whole lot. So, yeah, just Google Marketing Meanders because we are, I think, all, we, we may be unique, in fact, uh, with that title. Yeah, so. says the tip for that. And in terms of if want, people wanted to look you up individually, Sally, how do they find you out? You can find me on sallygreen.org or you can find me all over LinkedIn. And Sam, what about yourself? Uh, yep, uh, LinkedIn is my main stomping ground, so just look up Sam Burkid on there. And my business, you can find me at amiablemarketing.co.uk. Superb. Well, thank you, Sally, Sam, for joining me for both parts and sharing your expertise, knowledge and experience around the whole topic of marketing. And I'm sure uh, for any of the listeners, there's a, a nugget for someone to take away and implement into their business. So thanks again for sharing me. Thank you. Thank you. So you've been listening to the Step Change podcast with me, Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor. Um, as always, I hope there's been something informative and um, of interest to you to help you scale and develop your own business. Uh, again, thanks to Sam and Sally for joining me today for this episode. If you missed part one, uh, go back a couple of weeks and uh, check out part one because, again, there was some great content in part one as well. But please do subscribe to my podcast and when I release the next episode, you'll be one of the first to know.